Hey, welcome to Pine Star Podcast. It's been a long time since I've recorded, you know, mainly because of the whole uh, there is no baseball thing going on right now. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to I wanted to record, and I'm going to start doing, I think, a daily or almost daily episode where we just talk about what's going on in the sport. First off, it's a lot healthier than going on Twitter these days. Some of the things I'm seeing on there unbelievably ridiculous uh but you know in terms of the sport of baseball i'll lead with this before i i get into the main theme of what i want to talk about tonight which is the owners versus the players so i've already as as a guy who loves baseball it's given me pretty much everything i have in my life you know from my family to my career indirectly my closest friendships pretty much everything i see is in some way it it has a reflection of baseball on it in my life so you can imagine then uh if if you read my tweets or if you read the things that i've written why a guy like me is pretty pissed off right now for lack of a better word. Uh, it's a love-hate relationship. I won't deny that. And I mentally prepared myself that baseball, as I know it, is done. So if baseball chooses not to play this year, you know, I'll say right now, like, it's I'm not going to just come back whenever they decide to play again. My country, during the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic, needs the sport of baseball. And if they just decide that, you know, at a time when there's 40 million people unemployed right now, that they're just not going to play the game over not even the virus, but it's millionaires versus billionaires. And they're not going to play it because they can't come to a financial agreement. You know, I'm done not only from a standpoint of It just goes against everything that I stand for, which is greed, the almighty dollar. All of that stuff is just terrible. Because all of that money in baseball, to a degree, I don't care whether it's league minimum. I don't care whether it's the owners. All of that money is at a ridiculous amount. And I don't care how rare their ability is. Baseball players have always had rare abilities. They have not always been played, have been paid these obscene amounts. But not only would I turn my back on the sport as a matter of principle, um, but I would actually be embarrassed that I've devoted so much of my life to, you know, promoting the sport, talking about it, spending my time on it, buying the products, watching the games, the amount of time I've sunk into it. Defending it to people that, you know, say baseball's boring and sucks. It's in, so you have to realize, like, people will probably be like, why is, why is he so angry, right? Well, I'm telling you right now, th- that's why I'm angry at the sport of baseball. Now, I'll get into who it's directed more at in a second. But, you know, that's, that's where it derives from, basically. Um, there's a lot of layers to this, a lot of BS to sift through. Um, but 
the first thing I will say is I've mentally prepared myself basically that there won't be a season this year. You know, I think sometimes in life I have learned you got to prepare for the worst because life's full of like letdowns. So I'm, I'm moving forward with my life as if there, I'm not going to have baseball maybe ever again, you know, and it's sad to know that like my little boy, you know, I'm, I might not, I'm not going to turn the game off if he seeks it out himself, but certainly my life going forward is really going to change. You know, um, I mean, I have a lot of money invested in baseball cards. I mean, I got in for a little bit and I bought the right players and, you know, that's grown to quite a lucrative thing, you know, in my life. So obviously I would sell all those and it's not about the money, but, it's the point, like, I just want nothing to do with the sport. I'm really turned off by a lot of this stuff. You know, Blake Snell and what he said that night, you know, I pretty much, for lack of a better word, I'd like to punch his fucking face. You know, you know what the hell does Blake Snell know about what's going on in the real world? That dude, you know, and that's when I realized how old I really am, you know, even being a guy in his late 30s. You know, Blake Snell is like a kid to me. I mean, especially mentally, he might be he might be 27. Somebody told me he was 27. I thought he was like 24, 23 by the way he talked. I mean, you could just tell that is a guy who not only has not experienced much of the real world in his life, coming straight out of high school, he's not college educated, um, but just straight into the millions, right? And he's got no clue how 99% of this country or even the world right now has it well you know there's a lot of people without jobs and he's saying you know I got to get mine I mean are you kidding me so as we get further down the rabbit hole here uh you know a lot of people I see on social media are I, I would say five out of six people are siding with the players. Um, I don't know what the trend is, okay? And it's the same people who... And, and again, this is... the I don't care what your views are. I don't care who you vote for. Um, like, I'm a patriot. I love my country. I love people of all race and all skin color. I teach my children to love people of all denominations, you know, skin color. That's that's how it's done, and, and that's how I was raised. And I was raised like you pretty much respect the president in office. You might not have to like him, but you don't just like like when Barack Obama was in office. I didn't vote for Barack Obama, not that I liked the guys he ran against. But I didn't sit after I lost the election and tweet, you know, fuck this guy, fuck this guy every other day like I see pretty much all of Twitter against Donald Trump. So back to my original point, a lot of the people, for whatever reason, like the people that are really, really bought in and invested in this pandemic, and by that I mean like you've got the mask on in the profile pic, like... I was poking fun at Dan Heron because I think Dan Heron's really into it. He he's serious about it. And you you know, maybe maybe you feel like this is something that's going to kill you. Um and that's cool if you do. I mean, I pray for you. 
Um, I'm here to tell you it's not going to kill you. Actually, if you're hearing this, um, it is. It, it, that is, if you are under the age of 50, um, you are not going to die from coronavirus. But the people that are against the owners, for whatever reason, tend to be the people that have, like, they they think that it's not safe for players to play. Players who are age 20 to, you know, 35, in incredible shape, by the way. Better shape than anyone could ever really imagine. Um, and they'll have the best medical care in the world. There, I keep saying the, the players assume the risk, and I'm like, well, what what risk is that, right? You don't think the owners have a risk paying a guy thirty something million a year, a million dollars or a half million a start when one pitch his arm could be done forever? You're telling me with baseball contracts being guaranteed and granted, yeah, they've probably got some insurance policies we don't know about. You're telling me owners don't have any risk? <laughs> Think about that for a minute. What it shows me is two things. A lot of people who are railing the owners, and I've railed ownership before. I've told people before when ownership groups have been cheap. Namely, most recently, the Cleveland Indians. I've railed the Los Angeles Dodgers ownership when they didn't go out and trade for a star until they got Mookie Betts. I railed the New York Mets ownership for being the Mets and just being colossal fuck-ups. I've railed the Cincinnati Reds in the past when they had fire sales, when they had a great core and they could have contended for a few more years in that weak division. So it's not like I'm always like pro-owner. But what I see is this, this recurrent theme of people who think that this virus is deadly to young athletes and I'm sorry to tell you but the data doesn't support that the data does not support that and the other thing I'm seeing is and I think that this makes even more sense the common person can relate more to the player who's getting you know screwed out of a few bucks right we've all we've all worked for a boss we've all worked for a company we've all worked for an owner where we've been slighted in our pay we can like who hasn't been in that situation right and to be honest with you i know quite a few guys who who work pretty hard and they're probably not paid what they're worth you know and the guys that are overpaid they always think that they should be paid more and they you know, they're not worth it i mean every year i sit in an office at the end of the year and you know we go over kind of what what kind of year i had and what i think i was worth and it's gotten pretty simple you know and it's it's never quite the way i'd want to hear it right i mean you always you always believe hey I'm a X number of dollars a year type guy, performer, you know, and it never quite, sta- I mean, it never quite stacks up. So obviously most people have been in that situation and right now it's so easy to hate the billionaire. It's so easy for people to just rail the owners. Okay. But the fact of the matter is the owners, 
they're not wrong in this situation. The reason that baseball players aren't in camp getting ready to play right now is the fucking players and the players union. It's because they are literally guys like Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander and Clayton Kershaw and Garrett Cole and these guys that are going to be asked to start 12 or 13 games want to make their full salary. Over a prorated 82 game season. They want to make a million dollars a start. Rather than 500,000 a start. And I'm sorry. But the bottom. And I believe this. A report got floated through the media. That the players knew when they got advanced their salary. In April and May. To sit at home and do nothing. That when it came time to come play. There was going to be a 50-50 revenue split. I think that that's fair for this year. To not completely torpedo and ruin your brand. Yeah, these guys are going to have to... Maybe they have to change their lifestyle a little bit. But you know what? The game survives. And it goes on. And, And it's not just about you, motherfuckers. It's not just about... You know, like... These guys who run the players union... Like Max Scherzer... And these loudmouth motherfucking guys like 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 Trevor Bauer, who are like so outspoken. You know, what about the guys that are just breaking into the game that never got any payday at all? Like like Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Gavin Lux. I mean, I could keep, I could go on and on. They they are killing these guys right now. Nick Senzel. I talked to Nick Senzel the other day. He's a really nice guy. I made a joke. I said, man, by the time they let you play, you're going to be 29. He started laughing. He said, you're telling me, buddy. He loved it. Because it's the truth. (laughs) His organization, by the way, cheap ownership group, held him down. Didn't let, you know, he should have been up when he was like 21 or 22. He was totally ready to be in the big leagues with Cincinnati. He was better than the guys they had there, but they held him down because of the stupid-ass arbitration stuff and cheap-ass ownership, similar to what was with Chris Bryant and the Cubs, which was ridiculous. And sure enough, Senzel comes out the next year. He's expected to get called up, gets hurt. He's out for the year. Pretty soon, you got a guy making his big league debut at 25. He plays, he plays a sparse season last year, you know, shows some flashes of being a pretty solid ball player. Boom. This happens. Talking about not playing for two, three years, possibly. Can you imagine being like Nick Senzel right now? And you've got guys like like Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole and Mike Trout. He doesn't. He wants to get his thirty million this year, or I'm sorry, it'd be like eighteen. Like I'm sorry, you know, but everyone's making less right now. You know, I make. I certainly am. Bottom line is, too, in life, when you when you have an agreement, okay, like you honor that agreement. You know, when I was young, I was told, when you sign a contract, like, you honor it. Even if you don't like it, you honor it. Keep showing up. Bottom line. And if you keep showing up, and you keep showing up, and you keep showing up, 
and you do the right things, good things will, will come out of that. And, you know, no, I've never been a Major League Baseball player, but, and, and it's just it's just my worthless opinion, but, you know, these guys are being incredibly short-sighted and incredibly tone-deaf right now because I know a lot of people out there who side with the players are like, oh, you know, people, they say that they'll, they'll not be back to the game, but they'll come right back. I'm telling you right now, that's bullshit. <laughs> because I text guys all the time, and I'm like, hey, if baseball doesn't play this year, what are you going to do? And these are these are guys like me, base, big baseball fans. Watch their team every night. Maybe watch some other games out of out of the region. They buy the MLB TV package. They go to games. They vacation in cities where there's major league teams, so they can go to the parks. You know what they all tell me? All of them. And I'm talking. It's maybe I'm not going to say it's two dozen. It's maybe eighteen guys, dozen and a half. They've all told me if this happens, they're done. And guess what? They all have kids. So do you know what that means? For this pithy, petty battle going right now, baseball will not only cost itself a generation of guys my age and women my age who like baseball, they're, they're going to lose kids too. They're going to lose two generations. And everybody, oh, baseball came back once. That was this stupid-ass argument I, one night. Phil, Phil Hughes tried to tell me, Phil Hughes from his pool tried to tell me that, well, b- baseball came back from a strike once. And I said, yeah, steroids saved the game then. You don't have that now. And he shut right up. I couldn't believe it. He didn't, he didn't say one word. He liked the post and shut the hell up. And that, that was, I took that as, yeah, you've got a point there. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I love baseball as much as anything outside of my, my blood, my children. And it's it's dead as a doornail if they don't play this year. And it's 100%. I mean, I, I know I'm not going to be – I'm not going to say it's 100% on the play. It's 95% on the players. This is ridiculous. It's embarrassing. It's – at this point, it's downright – it's it's almost unpatriotic of them. So somebody who whose opinion I used to respect, I don't anymore, sent me a direct message, angry, trying to tell me, well, you you know, where do you get off thinking that it's it's your birthright that these guys play? It's not. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Now I said. That's where I disagree with you. These fucking guys do owe people like me to get their asses out there and play. You hear the passion in my voice? You should. I'm getting fired up, man. Those guys do owe guys like me. You want to know why? I've spent over a decade of my life writing about their product. Sometimes for free. Sometimes for next to nothing. You know what that is? That's fucking free promotion of them. I've taken my family to games. I've taken people on dates to games. I've 
gone to games by myself. I bought the gear. I buy the package. I let friends log in illegally. That probably doesn't help the game. There, there's, there's no one who's been more bought into the MLB hype train. If, if anybody deserves them to get their fucking asses out there and play ball, it is me. And it is another million or two million or three million guys just like me. I hate to, I hate to, so that person, and he's very young, you know, I don't even think he could buy a beer legally yet, but he lost a lot of cred with me because that just showed me how, how short-sighted he really was, you know, a lot of the younger, like, generation, they, they think once you're, and by the way, I'm by no means young, but they, they think that anybody over the age of 28 I hear I see a lot of okay boomer you know and it's like the Blake Snell generation that that grew up with their mom and dad paying their cell phone bills you know and in paying their their college school loans and then boom you step right into a job and they furnish you a place to live and every check you make goes in the bank because they're footing your apartment mortgage or or rent I, that makes me a boomer because I'm old-fashioned? I don't think so. So. I don't know. I've had a lot of good ones before, but I think that, you know, again, it, it, people don't always like what I say, you know, and, like, I don't really care. I mean, uh... I'm not going to tweet something or say something or write something because, like, I think, well, the large majority will really like this, you know. And I'm a free thinker. You know, I've learned, like, if if too many people are going in one direction, like, I always look at the opposite direction. Like, I always look at the other viewpoint and I think about it, you know. And what it's led to a lot of times is realizing as society how hypocritical we really are. I can spin that in a lot of directions, but, you know, it's like I just, before I did this show, I saw a really good tweet um, by a guy who, who runs a great podcast, um, Frank Martinez, uh, they he 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 and, and Frank Lopez run a, a Dodgers podcast. It's it's very solid. It's on iTunes. But in response to the police brutality in Minnesota, you know, you see these riots, people looting a Target store and acting like absolute idiots. And I was I was really shocked. You know, Frank tweeted like that doesn't make you much better, you know? And he's right. I mean, how hypocritical of people. But, you know, and I, I want to keep this to a baseball show if I can, but it's it's hard right now. But it's like how hypocritical, you know. And my dad was a cop for 30 years, you know. And in 30 years, you know, if, if anything, my dad, my dad was a lenient cop, you know. And, and the guys that he trained, he trained them to be that way. Because I've talked to them. You know, there's bad hires at every job. 
and the police force is no different. It's not always white cops. The original I can't breathe thing, it that there I mean there was people of African American skin color involved in like watching that go down. You know, it's it's not just a cl- a crime against a black person when a white cop is at the other end of it. That's my problem. I I don't like crimes against black people regardless of who did it. <laughs> but if you tweet that stuff, you're assumed to be a racist and I just find it to be incredibly hypocritical. And I'm a deep thinker and I just, you know, it blows my mind. I mean, it really does. So back to baseball, you know, uh, all of this said, uh, I went to somebody that I trusted very much, which I do when I'm at the end of my rope, and this person works in baseball, and I said to him, you know, tell me you still have hope, basically, that's how I framed it, because you hear guys like like Trevor Plouffe and and all these guys, Marcus Stroman, oh my gosh, I could go on a Marcus Stroman rant, I'll save that for a rainy day, what a fraud that guy is, everything that guy does is a fucking uh, front, but uh, you see all those guys tweeting, you know, well, season's not looking good, and I, and I think what I need to remember is a lot of this is, a lot of this is like posturing, both sides, and that's where both sides are guilty, the chess match. We don't need this bullshit from the ownership side or the player's side right now. We just need you guys to get it, get it done. Can we just fucking get it done and go play baseball? I mean, really. But the person told me, ignore the noise. We're playing baseball this year, is what he said. We're playing baseball this year. And I said, wow, you know, you've never been wrong. You've never been wrong when you've told me something. He said, I, and he said, I haven't always been right, but I'm right now. I'm right on this, he said, with full confidence. And he's, he's said that since day one. He told me that if, he told me two things recently, that if they don't play this year, it won't be because of a financial disagreement. And then the other thing he told me was I asked him, Okay, they get this thing off the ground. And this is this was maybe ten days ago. Um, I said they get this thing off the ground. Does a positive test or two shoot the whole thing down? He said no. He said I don't think by any means it does. He said I think something like ten guys on a team testing positive might or could. Um, but I think that the way baseball is, if they if and when they get it going, I think the way that they'll run it is that it's going to be hard for knock on wood, it's going to be fairly hard for 10 guys to test to test positive. I think it's it's going to be pretty overboard. He also told me that there's that the players want to play at spring training sites. They don't want to play in the home stadiums. So that's obviously not set in stone yet. Um that's you know, I can't I can't say he gave me a lot more than that. He you know, we talk a lot about how um and this is not players versus owners, but Somewhat, it, it it is indirectly. He and I talk a lot about the the national baseball media. Always talks about how there's you know there's no stars, and then and the New York Times ran a recent article where 
91% of Americans knew who LeBron James was. 88% knew who Tom Brady was. 42% knew Mike Trout. Baseball's basically face of baseball. You know, and Trout is an all-time great. That is an indictment of the sport. And it's not just baseball and their failure, which they need to overhaul their entire social media. They need to run it like the NBA and the NFL. But that's not just simply an indictment of the game of baseball. Um, a big part of that is the writers. And I don't, I don't understand, and I don't really care, by the way. You, you definitely know you're, you're speaking some truths. When it's not when like people like like all your tweets, you're you're hitting some nerves when people are not liking it, and you know you're definitely it's like there's a there's some seeds of truth in what you're saying. The minute that like it, you're not getting like a ton of like people wanting to argue it, you know, because they're like, oh shit, <laughs> I don't want to get in this guy's grill, you know, um. Because it's probably a decent point, the the foundation of it. And my point is, sports media as a whole, and we'll pyramid down, sports media as a whole is like, it's it's mind-blowing. And it's it's totally a denomination of like lib- being liberal. And, you know, again, pretty middle, middle ground guy. Um, but in terms of like sports writers, I see all these guys whose livelihoods depend on the game of baseball happening, right? And they highlight nothing but negative news and barriers in play. They don't talk about the players that want to play. They only talk about the guys who, like the Blake Snells and the guys who say, well, I don't want to die out there. They only highlight that stuff. Here's 10 reasons why baseball doesn't work. I will say Jeff Passan's done a really nice job. I, I mean... He's earned a ton of respect in my book. Um, he's him, and I'd I'd say Nightingale. Nightingale wants them to play. He said they will. He's been very encouraging. Um, that's really the only two that stand out. But other than that, you've got a bunch of curmudgeons, guys that almost you almost think they don't want them to play. From local beat writers to the Buster Olneys to the Keith Law to I mean it's I could. Craig Calcaterra, who runs NBC Sports Hardball Talk, that guy needs fucking fired. I've had I've had Craig Calcaterra on my podcast. That dude's a joke, man. He, you know, honestly, I mean, I could send people his articles, and without knowing him, they'll be like, "Does this guy hate baseball?" Oh no, he's NBC Sports lead fucking writer. You know, and it's like, where does that all come from? Well, the companies that hire them. Their ownership groups are extremely liberal, left, left-leaning, quote-unquote progressive. Well, it becomes a problem because over time, you have people that aren't writing about the sport right, and that's where like sites like blogs, honestly, can still take over, and and that's why newspapers are dying are a dying breed, and all these media companies online are moving to video content because. When it comes to writing about the game, the passion and the love for the game is people that that write about it. People like I, I used to write with on a number of other sites. People like me, 
who paint things in a pretty um, honest and come from a place of passion. And there's a lot of ex-players who who do write for blogs that still love the big, the game of baseball. But a lot of these national writers, they're not ex-players. They're not liked by the players that much. So you've also got them, you know, they paint the picture that they want to paint. One of them is that, like, this is, you know, if they play, everyone's going to die, you know. And no, the actually the median age of death of this is 81. Okay, in the beginning of this, I was very worried. I got COVID-19. I was sick as hell. I honestly, I mean, I've said my prayers. I didn't know it was going to happen. Um, I had pneumonia for about six weeks. I had four rounds of antibiotics. It didn't go away. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's fake. Okay. I'm telling you how sick I was. And you know what? I didn't advertise it and I'm still here. And I would bet you that my immune system, because of the things I've done to myself over the years, is a lot worse than 90% of people out there. So, no, this is not going. They are at no greater risk, pro athletes. I will keep saying it. They are at no greater risk from this than they are from the common flu. And the data supports that. That is not an opinion. That is a fact. It is there. Go look it up. Young people do not die from this. One out of ten people in a nursing home in New Jersey where I have family do. That's where it's a concern. It is not a hoax. It is a real virus. The world has lost its mind over this. It is not a one-size-fits-all approach. Shut down all of sports forever. And if they play, everyone will die. In fact, baseball normally, naturally social distances the game itself the players are spread out the stadiums are big enough you could probably if people could hold their pee for nine innings you could probably let in 25 percent or 50 percent capacity and it wouldn't change a whole lot with the you're not going to have these humongous outbreaks granted I think that there should be enough testing if people want to go to games until this settles the hell down. People should be able to be tested when they enter the stadium and it's like instant. That's probably the answer. But these writers are like, we can't play till there's a vaccine. And I mean, you out of your fucking mind. (laughs) If they don't play till there's a vaccine readily and able for everyone, do you know how many fucking baseball publications are out of business and baseball sites the sport will be dead there won't be any there won't be any sports ever cancel them all now just quit to me and again my views are my views alone i don't fault anyone for theirs i might make i might poke a little fun at, at not not people like everyday joes like me but i might poke some fun at celebrities or CNN, or the NBA, or, you know, I mean, hell, I even make fun of Trump, you know, I mean, I mean, I make fun of everybody, I'm, I'm an equal opportunity basher, but, you know, people need to realize, like, that this virus is, it, 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 what are you going to do, you're going to roll over and die, 
I'd rather go out, personally, I'd rather go out living my life. You know, there's nothing to fear but the fear itself. Think about that. You know, we all just need to go get after it again. You know? I don't know. I know one thing. I'm not going out of coronavirus. And if I do, you, you know, a lot of people will get a, a, a laugh out of out of this podcast. But if I, if I do, you know, I'll know I went out uh, trying to provide for my family and standing up for the things I believe in, you know, which is like living your life. There, there's not fear in my DNA of this virus. You know, it's just not there. Um, again, I, I already had it. I don't know. I can probably get it again. I mean, I get seasonal pneumonia every freaking year. Um, but, you know, the, the bottom line is baseball just needs to get out there and play again. And I'm at the end of my rope with it. I can move on and get interested in something else. I don't quite know what I'll do if they cancel all of sports forever, which I didn't think was a realistic possibility, but I, I'm i definitely starting to think that now. I mean, I see I've poked a lot of fun at the NBA and their lack of returning. I, you know, I pretty much hit that nail on the head if you go back to some old shows months ago. Um, and then you see national football writers like Mike Florio and Peter King basically writing every day, you know, again, how much, how many advances will the medical community make by September so that there could be NFL football? And you have these two writers who are literally rallying against the sport not to happen. Like, what in the world are you thinking? I mean, it's just, it's it blows my mind. It's, it's literally like a farmer rooting for his crops to die. What kind of sense does that make? It's like, it's like you, you show guys like that, that the stock market's doing well, or you show guys like that, that the sun is shining in, in the, the, the grass is green and like there's like a hint of like normalcy and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. But wait, the second wave's coming, put your mask on. It's like, wait a second. Are you rooting for this? Like, are you rooting for the virus or do you want like sports back and you want the American spirit to prevail? And like, we go on with life. Quit pushing your new normal bullshit on me. That's never that new normal that you like, Talk about like I, I'm not buying into that again. I'll go out with that vi- I'll go out with that virus on the twelfth wave of it. I'll let it kill me then on a ventilator before I'm like, yeah, let me let me like totally adjust the way of living. And I'm not saying don't live with like precautions. I wash my hands till they're raw. Now I have hand sanitizer with me everywhere I go. You know wipe down groceries still to a degree, even though I've been told that's stupid, but to sit and root against things like sports, like these guys do, they need called out on it. No one does that, but me, no one. I mean, I've seen a few people, 
in the you know kind of peckering at him in the comments, but I don't know, man. It's ridiculous. I had some awesome before coronavirus took over the world, believe it or not. And this is a, a good closing point. I had I had some awesome guests lined up for this. I still am gonna have them on. It, you know, if what I'm told is true and there's baseball, they're still going to be coming. It's really hard to go to a scout right now who who knows he may lose his job or I don't even know. Maybe he did today. You know, baseball, about a thousand minor leaders careers ended today. Uh, teams are furloughing or laying off all kinds of scouts. So it, it's really hard right now to say, hey, man, you want to like come on and do my podcast? talk about your life in scouting oh you just lost your job you know so again when i get a little bit pissed off talking about the sport not happening you know maybe it's because i have relationships with people in the game that you know they're not max scherzer they're not mike trout they're not bryce harper they're not an agent i mean i do know agents but like i know the people like one of my best friends i don't even i I don't even want to text him to know, like, did you lose your job over this stupid ass like virus that that should have no effect over young people or or pro sports in general? Because the testing is there, the best care in the world is there. Everything we know about this virus, those physicians that are at, with those teams, like you could not be safer than in pro sports right now. Truly, unless you're like. I don't think I don't know. I mean, unless you're like in the the government cabinet, right? I mean, th- these guys. There's no way they are going to let anything happen to any of these players. There is no way. I mean, I'm not saying there's not fluke accidents. There's fluke accidents every time you step out your door. Jose Fernandez got high as hell on cocaine and drove into a fucking barge of rocks a few years ago. Tyler Skaggs went to sleep with multiple, multiple opiate patches on a year ago and died. Oscar Tavares was driving how many miles an hour drunk with his girlfriend in the car, killed himself. He's 22 years old, 20, like 21, 20. It's like these guys, these guys are all about risk all of a sudden, right? They're scared to death of this germ. These guys are fucking crazy. These guys do crazy shit. I mean... I, I grew up I grew up partying really hard. So and I've I've done things like I will admit, like I've done stupid, crazy things like uh, up until the last few years of my life, right? I've lived a really wild life. And it would be really foolish of me and, and hypocritical, mind you, to be like Man, I'm like really worried about this coronavirus. It's like, well, hey dude, you weren't worried about it. When, you know, you were drinking a bottle of Jack Daniels, like how worried about your mortality were you when you're drinking a bottle of Jack Daniels and, you know, you took a couple opiates, you know, were you worried about your mortality then? Then this is my self-conscious talking to me. No. So why are you scared? So why are you scared of this? You know, these guys in the major leagues, they, they crack me up. You know, I mean, they're, they're more at risk of a stripper's heel going through their eyeball and severing their brain than they are the coronavirus. I mean, truly, you know, some of these guys, I mean, look at the shape they're in. They're in incredible shape. And not one pro athlete so far has reported, like, a severe case or been hospitalized. Not one. 
And that's of the ones I buy that are real cases. It's ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. Um, you know, again, I think um, I come from a place of if you don't agree with me, you, I, I hope you can at least see my viewpoint on all this. I've went for long enough tonight. We'll come back at it probably tomorrow. We'll run this out till Niagara Falls. Till they turn the lights out on the stadium for the last time. And if I have to walk away, I have to walk away. Um, but as of now, baseball is still talking. I'm trying to think of like what I would even turn this podcast into if it if it like wasn't a baseball podcast, I don't know. I have to give that some thought, but anyhow, I appreciate you. I love you. God bless you. Stay safe and, uh, try to be an encourager.